So, we're in our foundation series, and in this series on foundation, there are three topics. I'm just reviewing and reminding you of this. There are three topics that we are talking about that I believe are what are vitally important to you having a foundation in the things of God. The first topic is faith, and I've defined it as a statement of faith, and there are five things that we've been looking at. We've looked at two of them, and tonight's the third one, but the, the first one was about being in Christ. The second one was, uh, was about repentance last week. Tonight is about water baptism, and I planned it this way so it'd be on the week we had water baptism, but we're going to talk thoroughly concerning water baptism, and you're going to get some good things out of this message tonight. Um, uh, uh, Water baptism, and uh, uh, the fourth is the Holy Spirit, and next week we'll we'll talk about the Holy Spirit, and then the fifth is understanding church connection. And in a person's statement of faith that should be inside of them, there should be strong foundation along this line. Some of you have been around here for a long time and have heard these teachings, but it's gotten stronger. Some of you are just coming around, and that's why I encourage you. In fact, I, I, I saw the foundation series on, in, in the, uh, on iTunes where you can go in there and just click on foundation. It'll have all of these through, through the weeks and, and months. <clears throat> that, that you really need to listen to over and over again. So those five things are in the first category. Then the second category has to do with the Word of God, and there'll be four different topics under that category. And the, the third category is church and community, that, that I believe to, be, to really understand the Great Commission and, and how the Great Commission operates we have to understand these foundational truths, and they have to be a part of us. It's not something, I, I, I'm not here to drag you along in believing something. I'm here to impart things into your life so that you can be a part of the thing that's more important to God than anything else, and that's, his, that's the Great Commission. Everybody say, Great Commission. Why do we call it that? Because He commissioned His disciples, which we are, to go out and do what? Immerse people in who Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are, and for people to understand that He is building His church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. And we just need to be a part of it. And our job is to make disciples so that He can build the church. If we're not making disciples, He can't build His church. You say, well, I thought God could do anything. No, I've already told you some things that God can't do. He can't lie. Can't. God cannot lie. God can't reason. He doesn't reason. He is. Well, let me think. Should we do this? No, he doesn't, he doesn't ever do that. He comes. There was nothing. And he said, I wonder if I ought to say light be. Light and light. And light was. Settled. That's the way he thinks. We reason to understand to discern 
What is it that we're hearing? What is it that's coming at us? What, 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 what's this voice here? Is it God or is it the devil? Is it, you know, is it, is it just me? No, it's not. Nothing's ever going to just be you. It's going to be God or the enemy. Amen? And wherever you're spending your time is where your thoughts are going to be. Your thoughts will be connected to the world. If you spend time with the world, your thoughts will be with God when you spend time with God. Amen? So these things we have to understand, and we have to spend time realizing. And I tell you, that word that we preached last week on what true repentance is, man, I'm telling you, you, you let that just dissolve on the inside of you. The fact that you and I have to repent about things does not make us bad people. I, I, I used to run from the Word. I got born again, and every time I'd see repentance, it's like I skip over it. You know, because, because I thought that it meant I was bad. Well, I'd done some bad things, and there's some things I needed to repent about, but God wasn't looking at me as bad. When I came into the kingdom, he's thinking, man, now I just got to get this into this boy's thinking, get him to realize that if he learns to repent, then he can live the way I want him to live, you know? So take that message from last week and really spend time and meditate on it, amen? Now, we're going to get just jump right in to some things concerning water baptism. Now, <clears throat> how many have been water baptized? Great. And if you haven't been and you're going to be on Sunday, or if you haven't been and you're not going to be on Sunday, or you haven't been and after I teach this word you decide you're going to, or if you have been and you decide after I teach this word tonight I want to be again, sign up. Because I, I've, been, I've been baptized four times. No, three times. Three, yeah. Three, yeah, three, that's it, three. <clears throat> and you say, well, I thought you just had to be baptized one time. No, I, I don't necessarily think so. I think it's when, you know, if you've taken communion once, you think you ought to take communion again? The Bible says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. There, there are times, you know, now, I'll, I'll say that later. I, I want to get into this, and you're going to see at the end of this why you could be baptized a dozen times because of the revelation that you come into, okay, and what the revelation of water baptism really represents. Now, watch this. Look at Luke 23. I was trying to hurry the clock up today to get so I could preach this word. And it wouldn't hurry. Luke 23. Look at this story right here. Just a couple of verses. Luke 23 and... Uh, uh, just look at verse 39. <clears throat> Here's Jesus on the cross. And one of the criminals who were hanged, blasphemed him, saying, If you're the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Watch this. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today. 
this is what some people think, that Jesus said, after you get water baptized, then you'll be with me in paradise. So here's a guy that was in, that had entrance in, because why? He believed. You can be born again one day, leave the earth the next day before you're water baptized and go to heaven. I don't care what you've ever been told, here's a guy that went. Say amen. amen. Can't deny the scriptures. We're not, we're not going to be, <clears throat> you know, we're, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to be traditional, we're going to be scriptural in what we're talking about concerning water baptism. Okay. Look at Acts chapter 8. <clears throat> Acts chapter 8. Bear with me, we're going to jump around, but you'll like every verse I read. Acts chapter 8 and verse 36. Uh, We'll back up just a couple of verses, give him time to move that backwards. Uh, Go to 34. Acts 8 and 34. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning beginning at this scripture preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me? from being baptized. Now notice Philip's response. Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Went down into the water, and he baptized him. What What was the qualification that you believe? See, so... We don't, we don't immerse babies in water because they don't believe yet. Right? Hold, hold that thought and look at Mark 10. Mark 10. So see, if you've... Uh, all I'm trying to say is if, you have, if you've heard things... All I'm basing this on is what the Word says. You've heard things about baptism and and what baptism is really about. Okay, it's not something that is traditional. It's something that is scriptural. And it does something to and for your life. Okay, that will be my point at the end of this. But in Mark chapter 10 and verse 14. Mark 10 and uh, 13. Then they brought the little children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will will by no means enter it. Verse 16, And he took them in his arms, and he laid his hands on them, and he did what? And he blessed them. We... We dedicate 
little babies. We dedicate children. We lay our hands on them, and we dedicate them, bless, and speak blessing over their life. And then as they grow up and they come to a place where they believe, and they know that they're born again and they understand it, then we immerse them in water based on Scripture. Jesus blessed the children. That's what we do, okay? But until a person believes, whether they're a child or they're a non-believer, somebody, there's no reason somebody can walk in the back door, but they don't want to get born again, but they, they, they like the warm water, and maybe they had not a bath in a while, and they just want to go under the water. Well, we don't need that, you know? That's not going to do anything for the person, see? We want to baptize somebody that believes in their heart. You know, I'm just using that as an example. But it, it doesn't matter whether it's a child or it's somebody that doesn't believe, okay? Remember, I'm telling you that baptism is not traditional, it's scriptural, and there's a purpose, and it empowers you to overcome. And you'll see that at the end of this. So, only those who have confessed Jesus and accepted Jesus in their heart and have, are convinced that they are born again are in a position to be water baptized. Okay? Pretty simple. Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, then you're saved. You're born again. You've been made complete. From a spiritual standpoint, you've been made complete. So water baptism represents the fact that you're going in the water and coming up the way Jesus went to the grave and he rose on the third day. Yes? Okay. So, to confirm that, let's look at Mark 16. Mark 16. And verse 14. Later he appeared to the eleven. This is Jesus and the Great Commission. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. He who believes and is baptized. So when a person is born again and they believe that, Jesus, that God raised Jesus from the dead, when they believe that, see there are many religions that will will jump around and, and, and poke around it. And I've met with, with different ones of them. They come and knock on your door and they tell you all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I like those people. I, I used to run them off and think I was casting the devil. I just saw a guy on TV do that, so I just thought I'd do it, you know, when I was first born again. And, you know, man, I was at my sister's house in Houston one time, freaked them all out. So what are you doing? I said, well, I don't know. I, I, they're full of the devil, you know. And the longer I thought about it, I thought, that was stupid, you know. So, so since then, I just invite these people in, and we sit, and we talk, you know, and I want to know about Jehovah. My God's name is Jehovah, you know, and I want to know about him, and so we talk and discuss it. But, but they, can't, they can't get to the place that God was raised from the dead, that Jesus was, that a man was raised from the dead. It gets all, you know, kind of messed up. But if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead 
and you've accepted him in your life, then you're born again, and you are a candidate for water baptism. And water baptism, again, I'm going to say it, is not traditional, it's scriptural. If Jesus was water baptized, bless God, I'm going to be water baptized. How about you? Amen? And then Acts 2. Acts 2 and verse 38. This is after the day of Pentecost. Many are being added to the church. Signs and wonders and miracles are happening. People are getting born again left and right. Peter said to them, repent and let every every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So as they repented, as they accepted God, they were baptized in the name of Jesus, and they received the Holy Ghost. We'll talk about that next week. So we see where, we see where, as we accept Him, and we believe, and we're water baptized, something happens. Let's go on. So, look at 1 Peter chapter 3. Now, all that I mentioned to you about who is a candidate for water baptism, simply those who are born again, but now... I want to compare this to communion because the Bible shows us that what communion represents is what Jesus was producing for his disciples in the Last Supper. And, and what he was setting up was this place of forgiveness. You know, I, I believe, you, you, you don't see Jesus saying this, but I believe that what Jesus was doing for Judas at the Last Supper was giving him a way out. He was setting it up for him to be able to be forgiven for what was in his heart. And, you know, we see in the Scripture where he had true remorse for what he did to the point that he went and hung himself, you know. I mean, because of the remorse that was in his heart. But Jesus was setting something up for him. So, one of the great... This Sunday, we'll have have communion also. And as we partake of the communion cup and the bread, the cracker that we use, there's nothing in the juice or whatever it is type of liquid you use. There's nothing in the cracker or bread or anything else. There's nothing in that in itself. But it's what it represents. So as we partake of communion, of of the juice and the cracker, what we're doing, we're doing in remembrance of what His blood, because the juice represents His blood, and the cracker that represents His body, what His blood and His body accomplished for us. And in that passage in 1 Corinthians 11, it says, there are many that are weak and sick among you. 
Why? Because we don't discern, listen, we don't discern the body of Jesus Christ. Well, we know from 1 Timothy 3 that the house of God is the church and the church is His body. And when we don't discern correctly the body of Jesus Christ and what His blood and His, His body that was beaten and tortured and His blood that was spilled out, what it accomplished, when we don't discern that and accept it, then we allow things to continue on in our life. So as often as you do it, He didn't say on the last Sunday or the first Sunday of the month, you can partake of communion anytime. Huh? You can use the top of the bun of your hamburger and a Dr. Pepper. There's nothing holy about what it is. There's nothing holy in, in, in the substance. But as often as you do it, you could, you could have a, I could have a little cup right here, an imaginary cup, and do this, and an imaginary piece of something, and do this, and there's power in it. There's power in it, because as often as you do that, you're doing it in remembrance of what that accomplished for you. See? Well, what I'm going to read to you in these next three passages of Scripture, what I'm going to read to you is what baptism, if you're being water baptized on Sunday, or if you haven't before and you want to be again, sign up for it. But what happens is, when you discern correctly what baptism really is as a result of what we're fixing to read, and you come up out of that water, what's going to happen is you're going to come up out of that water with an expectation to have power and dominion over your thought life. Now listen to me when I read this. 1 Peter 3, and I'm going to read this. Uh, if you could flick that over to the Amplified. Where did I tell you? That's Hebrews 9. 1 Peter 3. And verse 21. And I want to read it in the Amplified. And baptism, which is a figure of their deliverance, does now also save you from inward questionings and fears, not by the removing of the outward body or filth or bathing, but by providing you with, watch this, the answer of a good and a clear conscience, inward cleanness, and peace before God because you're demonstrating what you believe to be yours through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Man, just keep that up there. Just read that for a moment. Watch this. A good, clear conscience an inward cleanness and peace before God because, watch this, not because the water, the baptismal thing that we're going to use will be right here, not because the water's holy. It's because what you're doing, you're doing out of obedience to the Scripture, what the Word says. And when you obey what the Word says, and you come up out of that, you remember Jesus coming up out of the Jordan? He comes up out of the Jordan, and the Father says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And he comes up out of the Jordan and he goes into the wilderness in the power of God. Listen, if you're not right up here, you have no power. You can be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You can pray in tongues 24 hours a day. But you got no deliverance here. You got no deliverance in anything else you do. No victory. No, nothing's going to work if your head is still screaming to you, telling you a loser and you got no ability to do anything. That's why, that's why 
most Christians are defeated. Now repeat this after me. I believe that's changing now. Amen. Across the world, I believe it's changing. I believe people are getting this. But there is something about, there's something about these foundational truths that have to be right. You've got to know this is right. So as often as you think about the day you were baptized and you came up out of that water in the newness of life, you came up with the ability to have a good and a clear conscience because you know what Jesus did for you. Now watch this. Watch. Go to Hebrews 9. Ooh, this is good right here. Hebrews 9 and verse 13. Where did Hebrews go? There it is. Watch this. For the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. Watch this. How much more? Would you, after I read this, would you put the first Peter scripture back up there? I want them to see this, but then put the first Peter 321 back up, okay? After I finish this. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to do what? To serve God. Cleanse your conscience from dead works so that you can serve God. In other words, a conscience that is not clear does not have a vessel that is empowered to serve God the way God wants him served. Now go back to 21. So, you say, well, what does this have to do with baptism? Everything. Everything. See, and baptism, which is a figure, okay, just like the communion elements are just tokens, or they're a figure, they're an example, there's something that we do, but there's nothing in that itself if there's no belief involved in what you're doing. So, in the same way, baptism, which is a figure of your deliverance, does now also save you from inward questionings and fear, not by the removing of the outward body or the filth or the things on the outside, but providing you with the answer of a good conscience, a good and a clear conscience, inward cleanness and peace before God because, because what? Because you're correctly discerning what the blood of Jesus Christ has done for you and it's cleansed your conscience from dead works so that you can do what pleases God. There's not a person sitting here today that doesn't want to please God. If you're born again, Spirit of God's in you, you have a desire to please God. The problem is we don't think we can. Yeah, but Pastor, you know, man, I just, you know, I hadn't drank in six weeks and I went and got drunk last night. Okay? What did we talk about last week? Repent, get up, and move on. Yeah, but you know, I hurt that person. Okay, all right. You can't fix it. You got to take responsibility for maybe what your actions did that affected other people. We don't just shirk the responsibility, but you get up and you keep moving. Right? You get up and keep moving. Whatever your issue is, whatever the thing that, things that all of us in different times in our lives struggle with, we get up and we keep moving on and we keep discerning how important 
that the blood and the body of Jesus Christ is, and we keep remembering the day that we were baptized. Wait, you know what? I left that crap down here. I left that drunken stupor spirit down in the water, and I came up a new man. And I got, I got some stuff where I'm going to be able to deal with the enemy in anything and everything I do. See? I don't have to give in to that stuff. No matter how many mistakes that you make, and I'm telling you, God is not sitting there, you know, with a, about, got his thumb on the, on the blow-up button, you know, about ready to blow you up for all the mistakes you've made. No, his blood cleansed you. But we got to discern this the right way. Or we go around meditating and focusing on all of our mistakes, listening to everybody, because people are going to, people just in a general way, people feel better when you don't. That's the society we live in. Somebody gets rewarded or something, you know, and man, we're just jealous and we're mad and, and instead of being able to rejoice. Now listen, listen. There's not a person in here that hasn't felt that way at some time or another. We're all in the same boat. I mean, except me, you know. But, <laughs> no, there's not a person here today that hasn't felt that way, so we're all in the same boat. We've all made mistakes. We've all been jealous. We've all not liked it when someone else had something good about their life. But we learn to do what? Rejoice when good things happen to somebody else because then you're next in line. Why do you, how can you say that, Pastor? Ephesians 6, 8. What does it say? Go look. Amen? I'm telling you. You take Ephesians 6, 8, and you'll do good for the rest of your life to people. And you know what will follow you? Good. Good will follow you because of what it says. See, we're not being traditional, being scriptural. Ephesians 6, 8. Go look at it. And if it's Ephesians 6, 7, then read that one too. No, it's 6, 8. Okay? So, go to Romans 6, and we'll end with this tonight. Ooh, it's already 8 o'clock. So I'm going to have to end with this real quick. Okay. I got seven minutes. I got seven minutes to deliver you an hour and a half message. <laughs> Uh, isn't that right, Brother Gordon? <laughs> I know how to do it. I can do it. I know I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, watch this. Verse 4. Therefore, if we're buried with him through baptism into death, well, back up. Just go to one. What shall we say then? Shall we continue? Watch this. This is the point. I got some other things I want to say about this, but get water baptized on Sunday and come to the class. No. Um, <clears throat> but I, but I got I to prove this point right here. All right, look at this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. In other words, that's impossible. Grace doesn't abound where sin continues. Okay? Watch. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, if we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly 
we, shall, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we no longer should be slaves to sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe we also will live with him. So when we go in the water, we died the death, leaving everything. Old things are passed away. Everything is brand new. We come up out of the water in the newness of life. So to answer the question, where grace abounds and where grace is, should we continue in sin? I say no. But it's not like this. Okay, you have the grace of God and the grace of God is working on you, so you can't sin. didn't say that. It says according to the rest of those verses of Scripture, and this last one we're going to read in just a second, what it's saying is this, that when you come up out of that water by faith in the fact that you're born again because you have no tangible proof that you're born again, you just believed what I said, you got born again, or whoever said it, you got born again, and when you go down in the water, what you're doing is you're saying that what I accepted, what I believe that God did through Jesus Christ, I accepted that. Now, when I go in the water, I died his death. I, rose, I rise, rise up out of the water the way he rose from the dead, and now I walk in the power and the newness of life. And what that gives me the ability to do is to bring every thought captive and command every thought that is not true to His Word. That's why I study the Word. If it's not true to the Word, I'm able to cast those thoughts down and give them no authority to operate, okay? Because what happens is that thoughts turn into what? Thoughts go from a place of meditation into actions, you see? And the more we meditate on negative thoughts that don't line up here or things of our past, see, then they turn into actions and that's where guilt and condemnation sets in. But when we declare that, listen, that's true. I used to do that. Thought comes to your mind, you know, you're a, you're a pervert or you're a this or you're a drunk or you're a worthless piece of junk. Yeah, yeah, I used to be. But now I've been born again. I've been water baptized. I came up out of that water in the power and the newness of life. And Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus and command those thoughts to fall dead and ineffective against me. I know who I am now. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. That's what comes up. That's what's going to happen when you're water baptized. My faith is you're going to come out of the water when you're water baptized on Sunday. And, and if you've been water baptized in the past, I'm telling you right now that that water baptism represented the power for you to overcome where your mind is concerned. You see that. Now watch this, and we'll end with this verse. Verse 14. Verse 12. Therefore... Do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Verse 14, watch this. For sin shall not have dominion over me. For I'm not under law, but under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over me. That is one of the greatest confessions that you can speak over yourself every day. Every single day. Sin shall not have dominion over me. Next week, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, 
we're going to talk about what sin really is. Most people think sin is one thing, but what most people define sin as being is the outward manifestation of something. When really, the Bible says sin is something totally different. And we're going to talk about that when we talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you tonight that if you're born again and you've been water baptized, when you came up out of the water, or if you're going to be water baptized on Sunday, when you come up out of the water, you come out in the newness of life and sin will not have dominion over your life. You're going to be able to have victory over things that have troubled you that have hung on to you, things that you feel like that has disqualified you from being a Christian or God loving you or anything else, and those things are going to be a thing of the past. And I just challenge you to embrace this word tonight and allow it to be a part of you and just know who you are and that you are the beloved of God. Man, God loves you. He loves you just like you are. He loves everything about you. doesn't mean that God's pleased with all of our actions, but it doesn't mean He doesn't love you because you make mistakes. But you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the one who is righteous, His blood, His body, and our salvation is represented in this water baptism when we come up out of the water in the newness and the power of life so we can fulfill the destiny and the plan and the purpose of God. Amen? Father, tonight we thank you. Glory to Jesus. Glory, 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 glory to God. We thank you so much tonight, Lord, for the power that you have given to us through Jesus Christ. And what water baptism is representing to us tonight, Lord, we want it just to be what it is. Not more, not less. Definitely not less, but not more. Just what it is. We're letting it be what it is, and we're using it, and as often as we think of it, often as we meditate on it, we know that sin has no dominion over us. And we give you all the praise tonight and the glory, and everybody said amen, and amen, and amen. Woo! Glory to Jesus.